Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Watch Diary. My name is... Ryan Snelling, and I'm so happy to be here. Why is my computer being louder than ever right now? Right when I want to record. All I'm trying to do is open Letterboxd. I hope that you guys are doing awesome. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the pod. A lot of stuff has happened in the world. You know, America is all over the place right now. It's an unfortunate type of exciting, uh, but I hope everybody's doing well and is healthy. I'm doing great. A lot has gone on in my life since I recorded last, um, but it's been good for the most part. You guys hear a lot more about my life than people that are actually in my life. So I'm going to let you in on something right now that I don't really talk about publicly. I got a second job, a second part-time job to help me uh, get out of some debt uh, that I've been in uh, the past I don't know, year or so, probably longer than that. I mean, I guess I've always been in debt, but I've always been in debt the way that everybody's in debt, but then I was in debt in a way that I didn't think everybody was in debt. <laughs> so, um, so it's hard to say, I guess, how long uh, I've needed to do what I'm doing now, but it's all good. Um, it's, it's a job. You know, it's not something I'm going to talk about really. I don't really talk about what I do outside of here, but um, it's been good for the most part, and uh, I'm on my way to being out of debt, which is great. I've paid off uh, my largest uh, credit card, and so I've got a few more to go, so it'll take some time. It'll probably take most of this year, but uh, I'm in the right headspace, and it's going to work out, so uh, speaking of working out, I've hit the gym again. I've woken up, woken up, waking up. I've got up at 5.30... AM every day this past week, gone to the gym, and it's been really great. I um, got some creatine, got my protein powder of choice, finally, a better one than I used to be on, and uh, so all that is is um, coming together for me, so I'm a lot more disciplined, and uh, I'm excited to get back in the gym. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I mean, all last year, this time last year, I was doing nothing but hitting the gym. And um, I kind of ruined that habit last summer when I had a, uh, a vacation in Kentucky and I spent that entire week drinking. And then when I got back to Arizona, I didn't want to do anything. Uh, <laughs> so 
it's it's been a, a while. It's been about half a year since I've been in the gym, and uh, but I'm ready to get back at it, and I have been, and it's been good. So everything's great so far, and my my main job is still good too. So I've got my trusty Trenta cold brew. So we are ready to attack this podcast, and I don't know why my computer is still going out of its mind. Oh, here's the problem: Letterbox is not working. Well, that's all right. I can look at it on my phone. I'll be honest, uh, it is Sunday the 19th, so we're a few days after the debut of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It, um, this podcast comes out on Monday morning, so tomorrow morning. Um, I, I kind of almost forgot to record this podcast, I'm not going to lie. Not because I didn't want to, but because I've been so busy and bogged down with my jobs and just other stuff on my mind, I um, kind of forgot. I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to record the podcast. Because I can't not record a podcast when there's a Marvel movie. Cocaine Bear, fine. Maybe I'll skip that week. But not when there's a, <laughs> not when there's an A-Man and the Wasp quantum media uh, out in theaters right now. So I, I'm probably just going to go on and cut right into it because I'm not really watching a whole lot of anything right now. I'm watching The Last of Us. And I'm totally caught up, and I'm still loving it. It's still awesome. But uh, I think I've only watched three movies this year. Ford v. Ferrari, <laughs> Knock at the Cabin, and now <laughs> Hitman and the Wasp, Quantumania. A lot's going on, guys. If, if I'm going to miss a month of movies, January's the one. Uh, well, I guess now February. But we're about to ramp up to some good stuff, so I'm excited. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be able to go. I just I've been out of habit. Let me go to the gym. Let me focus on the gym right now. Um, yeah, Amen of the Wasp. This is the third movie I've watched this year. And, um, you know, there's a lot of mixed reactions. So right now, 48% on Rotten Tomato, critic score, 84% audience score. But I've also seen a lot of backlash from audiences on, like, Twitter you know, I think the person who shares my opinion the most, uh, who said something identical to what I said when I came out, which was that I think that this might be the most poorly made Marvel MCU movie to date. Um, and the only other person, and, you know, I get what this sounds like. Your mileage may vary on what this person thinks, but John Campia said that this might be his least favorite MCU movie as well. Uh, that was the first time I think I heard somebody that was on the same page. Of course, I've seen like the funny tweets and stuff from people who hate it. Um, I was sorely disappointed by this movie. Um, I was somebody who, just based on the trailers, I thought the trailers were serviceable enough. I thought that they were hiding a lot of things. I thought we were going to get a lot more. And again, that falls under expectation and and it's okay that I don't you know fulfill my expectations every time I see a Marvel movie but I really I really didn't know what to expect I expected more but I didn't have anything written in stone things that I thought they were really gonna pull off I just thought that they were hiding things because this was promoted as the beginning of a new chapter beginning of phase five the introduction to Kang Introduction in quotes, because obviously he was in Loki. But I think every every time we see a character in a movie and we call it the introduction, we can put it in air quotes now that we have variants. But you know what I mean when I say introduction to Kang. So this was billed 
as I don't know the second coming <laughs> and and it, it wasn't in my opinion um I'm not I uh I, it feels like to me that the people who like it and I get everybody's got their own opinions and that's fine but the people who really like it have acknowledged the flaws at least they acknowledge it but forgive them because they found just something fun about it but I, I really do think this is the most poorly made MCU movie. Um, so let's just get that right out of the gate. I'm, I'm not going to be an asshole talking about it, but I am going to talk about you know the issues I had, things like that. Because honestly, it kind of just broke my heart and I want to move on from it. I think that's maybe why I didn't remember to record the podcast because it was already over in my mind. <laughs> you know, uh, I will say, so I went with my mom and my younger sister. My mom is a casual Marvel fan. She's seen Marvel movies with us um, throughout the years. You know, we saw Captain Marvel and Endgame and several others uh, in theaters together, especially before I lived in Arizona. But um, casual viewer, my mom, I had her watch Loki and Shang-Chi, thinking that Shang-Chi would play a big role in this movie. It doesn't. But she did not like this movie. I think she actually hated it. And my younger sister, who's a big Marvel fan, also hated this movie. So three for three, total disappointment. Like we came out, my mom wasn't happy the entire time. And she thought I was going to turn around and talk about how great it was. I didn't. I talked about how I was very displeased and she was... um, she was thankful that she didn't have to face me. Um, <laughs> she was thankful she didn't have to face somebody who liked the movie because I think she was that disappointed. But she she got a free movie ticket out of it uh, because I bought her tickets. But uh, yeah, so we just did not enjoy it. Um, I want to talk about Marvel, though, for a minute before I dive deep. So let's talk about Phase 4 again. You all know my thoughts and feelings on Phase 4, if, especially if you watch my Marvel rankings videos. But Phase 4... I've just accepted as an experimental gathering of thoughts. You know, so we were dealing with a lot post-Endgame. We wanted to introduce a bunch of new characters. It felt like a clean slate. We wanted sort of, um, I don't know, it it was a refresh, uh, in my opinion. Let's also try out these Disney Plus shows. Let's introduce all these brand new characters. Let's experiment with the storytelling, see what works, see what doesn't. And I, I think for the most part it didn't work. But as time moves on, I think I'm less and less... It, it was also during the pandemic. So I kind of just accepted that things didn't work out the way that they were supposed to, the way that things didn't work out the way they were supposed to with a lot of other movies and a lot of other projects. And I kind of just accepted that not even Marvel was bulletproof to um, the pandemic and things like that. And of course, it's already hard enough to follow Infinity War and Endgame. It really is. Brand new characters that nobody's ever heard of. You know, there's a lot going on when you talk about Phase 4. But um, after Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I, I do think that it's it's a lot easier for us to criticize Marvel. Uh, everything that we were... Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania really just solidifies the fandom's stance on Phase 4. Because it's not better because it's Phase 5 now. So I don't know... 
remove the phase titles from it. I don't know where Ant-Man and the Wasp was in terms of its production, um, how it relates to all of the other phase four projects. Cause it could have just been in development the exact same time that all these other projects were and you know, still, but the promotion of this movie and everything, how we introduce everything moving forward as well. It kind of did nothing to get me excited about the future. So, it was just more of the same, in my opinion. And that's me being not harsh, uh, because I haven't even gotten into my criticisms of why I dislike the movie. But simply put, it reinforces the issues of Phase 4, and it didn't get me excited about Phase 5 at all. I mean, sure, I'm excited for the projects that I was always excited for no matter what, like Daredevil and Captain America New World Order. Uh, I'm excited for Thunderbolts because, you know, if you know, I got I like the boots on the ground Marvel uh, more grounded in reality and then you you bring out the fantastic from there. But the more conceptual Marvel is, that's when I start to uh, question it and reject it, especially just how they've dealt with things. Um, you know, with the Eternals and and Loki. I mean, I didn't latch on to any of that kind of storytelling, unfortunately. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm the Captain America Civil War guy. I'm the Infinity War guy, um, even though Infinity War is fantastic um, in, in terms of genre. Um, it still was grounded enough and all of the heroes shined. But that's another thing that I thought about with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So, it's respectable that they tried to go a different route in terms of genre, in terms of scope. And I actually welcome that decision because I was not a fan of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it's the one of the most nothing Marvel movies. But at least it followed this idea that Scott Lang is sort of an outsider. He loves his family. He's more comedic. Um, and it was family-focused. So... I think I already said that. But the DNA of all of that, of the previous two A-Man movies, don't follow this one really at all. It thinks it does. And some people might think it does because it is still focused on the Pym family. But none of the heart from the first two A-Man movies, I think, is here. There's not a whole lot of heart um, to it. I think it's all... Um, I don't want to say faked. If anything, it's surface level. It it wants to think that it's a movie about family, and you might think it is just because all the Pym characters are still there, but they are surface level versions of themselves that never shine. In fact, this might be Scott Lang's worst appearance in the MCU. So... One of the biggest reasons why I think this is the the most poorly made MCU movie is that this is the first time that I simply didn't care about our heroes when I've previously cared about them in other iterations. I like the character of Hank Pym a lot. I like Scott Lang a lot. Scott Lang has a great cameo in Civil War. He shines in Endgame. Uh, I like the Wasp and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think she's one of the best things about it. I like Evangeline Lilly in general as somebody who loves Lost. So 
the fact that my fandom for the characters and their story deteriorated over time, and I think it's the most lackluster appearance for maybe all of them. You know, we talk about Marvel and why it has a quote-unquote villain problem uh, in the Infinity Saga. And that's because Marvel chooses to highlight and let their heroes shine. Now, there are exceptions to that. There are times when they make great Marvel movies and they also have incredible villains and everybody shines, like Black Panther. But with this one, Kang and... um, Why did I just completely Jonathan Majors sorry I was gonna say I've only talked about Jonathan Majors all week and I just forgot his name um he's able to shine he's the best part of this movie but this is the first time I just haven't cared about our heroes I didn't feel an attachment to Cassie and I should because I've watched Cassie in two and a half movies I say half she was in one scene in Endgame but I felt no attachment to any of them. Uh, the Wasp was very underappreciated in this movie. Hank Pym, uh, Janet, very underappreciated. And um, they weren't given anything to do, really, that was interesting. So, again, just wasn't in on the journey from the get-go. I think that's the best way to put it. I wasn't involved in the story. I wasn't interested from... The first act. And it's unfortunate. And it, I mean, it was still light. It was funny. It was it was quirky in the way that Ant-Man typically is. But it did. there was something missing. And I just don't think it had its eyes on the prize. I, I think it was a little too focused on being a completely different Ant-Man movie than actually bringing in some of those core things that make an Ant-Man movie in the first place. Um, Cassie... She was she was kind of annoying, but I think the problem in general was that everything was so poorly written. It, I, I think it's one of the worst written Marvel movies. So from scene to scene, it was just lazy. Because th- issues and problems would get brought up, but every scene seemed to be like this whole, no, 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 we'll talk about it later, let's just focus on finding blah, blah, blah. And I think there were like three or four scenes in a row where a character would stop and be like, wait a minute, why didn't you tell me about this? We'll talk about it later. Let's just go do this. And it felt like there were four of those scenes in a row. And the dialogue was just piss poor. And wildly uninteresting. So, there wasn't a whole lot... There wasn't an engine propelling me through the story. Uh, I, I just was perplexed as to why the script was so bad. And even like the editing, it felt like this movie, it was the first time I thought I watched something that I had been reworked and recut a million different times over. Because a lot of the action beats were really sloppy from cut to cut. Um, Some of the dialogue, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but some of the dialogue, especially in the climactic scenes, didn't really seem to make sense. They didn't seem applicable applicable (laughs) to what was happening. So, let's say, I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe a certain somebody had been saved, but a lot, like, saved by a hero. And then maybe the villain was like, you had your chance to save blah, 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 but now that's not going to happen. But, like, it did happen. So, it was almost like it was, like, a line of, why am I spitting? It was almost like a line of dialogue that was, like, not really 
fixed because of an edit or something. It was very odd. And it's also, it's possible that I missed something and missed like what they were insinuating, but um, it happened a few times where I'm like, that's not what's happening in this movie. <laughs> like, it was really confusing. Uh, so I never uh, got the script. There's a certain, uh, there's a couple of scenes where like nothing really happens that are consequential to the story whatsoever. There's a particular scene in a cantina where it's the one where you meet, and I'm not going to spoil it because he's in the trailer. It's where you meet Bill Murray's character, which is, it's just nothing. It's just a nothing scene that contributes nothing to the story. Um, and there's a couple of those. You also meet a lot of the, um, I don't know, beings that live in the quantum realm. I, I wasn't involved in my main character's story, so I definitely wasn't involved in theirs. And so I, I really didn't take to any of them. I thought that they were all annoying, actually. And... Um, just a, a big waste, honestly. I, I, I think the only real thing I like about this movie is Jonathan Major's performance as Kang. And ultimately, he's in a movie that he is better than. And I hate being like this, but I wonder what it has to feel like to be an actor and, and be in, in one of the bad Marvel movies. Like, I wonder what that feels like. Because... Marvel actors are really good at supporting the Marvel engine, supporting their directors, and maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't think of things the way that fans do. But you have to wonder what it feels like to be an actor, to get all hyped up, to, to promote this thing, and then all of a sudden it just comes out with a, with a fart parade. Um, I mean, it's kind of sad. I think that some something that Robert Meyer Burnett said that I, I kind of get what he's saying is that he felt like Scott Lang and Ant-Man were almost miscast in their own movie. And I think the ultimate point and something that other people are bringing up too is that it just doesn't feel right that Ant-Man is going up against Kang. I think narratively speaking, I, I understand it. But one thing they didn't really lean into enough and maybe they think they did but I didn't get enough of the time that was lost between Scott and Cassie so it reminded me of the scene in Endgame a thoughtful scene where Steve and Natasha are eating the peanut butter sandwich in the Avengers compound compound and they're just talking about the land the earth the landscape of post Thanos snap post blip what it's like out in the world it, there's an element of realism to that and so I thought that with this story we'd learn more from Cassie's perspective what it was like to be without her father for five years they don't go into that much they definitely are interested in exploring a separation of like personality where Scott and Cassie don't click um, Cassie is an activist and so she I think it's because she's inspired by her dad but they don't really go into that much so I don't know why she's an activist um, there was also something interesting too because this is in the trailer she starts out we're introduced to her being in jail being broken out of jail and they don't really lean into the fact that her father was also a criminal 
Honestly, like there was so much meat on the bone that they could have explored and they don't because they have to get to the quantum realm so fast. They get to the quantum realm so fast and don't explore anything that happened in their life. So, and in the quantum realm, it just becomes this like strange new world story where they're just like, they get separated and they're trying to find each other. And because they're not focused on the characters, they're focused on the quantum realm, they're focused on everything else going on there, nothing is ever addressed and explored. And it's just really disappointing. It goes back to the writing. This movie could have been another 30 minutes long, and I would have eaten it up if it covered any of this stuff. But it doesn't. It is so surface level, it's crazy. And really disappointing. Because that, that that's not Marvel movies get a lot of shit from like casual viewers for being, you know, I'm trying to think of what Stephen Dorff always says. You can talk about the Marvel formula. You can talk about it just being eye candy. You can talk about it not really exploring realism and, and just being surface level. But this is, if Marvel is always surface level, this is the most surface level. Um, it's just pure concept and pure Kang. And um, it's unfortunate. And like I said, even the, some of the editing was bad as well. Um, a lot of the scenes didn't click. Just the overall CGI fest uh, was wildly uninteresting to watch after a while. I'm looking over some of the other points that I made. Because I was talking to my friend Phil about all this. Um, yeah. Surface level scenes, the types of writing, re-edited a thousand times, um, di bad direction. Yeah, I've I pretty much covered all this. Modoc thought he was terrible. Thought it was awful. I hated it. Hated Modoc. Did not work for me at all. And usually when Marvel does weird things like that, I mean. This is right off the back of Alligator Loki, which I think is great. Modoc was awful. Um, that's really it. Uh, at the risk of you know going over every thought again, I, that's pretty much it. I, I just don't know where to go from here because I've never been this down. I'm the most down on the MCU right now and it sucks it really does and maybe we needed this you know i think of it in terms of um in terms of basketball so i'm not i don't watch a lot of basketball anymore but when i did you know i watched kentucky wildcats of course so whenever they would lose because they have you know kentucky basketball is the most winningest program they're pure collegiate excellence in terms of their basketball tradition so whenever they lose, they let you down, but there's always that idea of like, oh, they needed to lose this game so that they could figure it out for the next one. They needed to lose this because the next week's game is bigger and they're going to come out bigger and better and fix what they... So you could put a positive spin on a loss. And typically you were right. But I'd kind of already been doing that through phase four. So the fact that this was not the movie that it was promised, it, it wasn't an Avengers level. I, I get what they mean in the sense that like 
it felt like Winter Soldier when S.H.I.E.L.D. being Hydra, you know, turned the MCU on its head and they were able to develop that into a lot of story later on. It's like that. I definitely don't think it's like Civil War um, in terms of ramifications. But um, it doesn't feel like it was the right move to make Ant-Man a non-palate cleanser, to brand it as like an Avengers level movie, to kick off phase five, the introduction to Kang. I just don't think any of that worked. I can't think of anything that worked other than I'm just happy that we have Kang. But he could have been, he it could have been his own movie. We could have finally done a Kang the Conqueror movie, a movie that showcased the villain. Um, I think maybe that's the kind of thing that Marvel should look to do. If they're trying to change it up and spice things up, if it, maybe we should have just had a Kang the Conqueror movie. And that would have been pure sci-fi. And hopefully it would have been great. And you wouldn't have had to worry about any of this other shit. <laughs> but um, I tell you what. So a lot of people aren't as down as I am. And I don't know how people, I don't know how people like this. And only because, I'm only saying that because I think it's obviously worse than anything in phase four. And people were vocal about Phase 4 and hard on Phase 4. And I just think this is obviously as bad, if not worse. So the people that are like coming out like, I actually liked it. I don't understand as much. I'm happy for you. I really am. But I don't get it as much. But, uh, you know, I miss the last time I felt like Marvel really put a lot of thought into a project the last time I felt like really assured and really happy and really excited to see a Marvel movie was Shang-Chi. Because if you remember during the promotion of that, we, and this doesn't always work, but Marvel and Kevin Feige hired a director that was virtually a no-name. They were all about bringing this character to life. Kevin Feige talked about how Shang-Chi's been in his head since before the MCU existed. And so finally nailing that and then allowing it to add to the mythology, you know, with the Ten Rings and, you know, acknowledge what's come before, but also put a different spin on it, a new take. They added a bunch of new characters that we love and appreciate. And also just the angle of like, oh, we're going to make the best martial arts movie within the MCU. It just felt like all of that was the last time they really just went all in with their direction. And I'm, I'm leaving Spider-Man No Way Home off of this discussion just because, you know, the... Um, I'm talking mainly about, like, new projects, but also, like, this... It's like Sony Marvel, and I don't know Marvel's the creative part of that, but th- that was kind of always working. But it's in in terms of the newness and in terms of having a new direction, um, it was Shang Chi, I think. The last time they really nailed it, and it just sucks that we have an Ant Man movie. I think it's Ant Man might be one of the worst trilogies in the MCU, and I, I just, there's just so many negative accolades. I could keep going and going. But um, I think I'm gonna stop it there because there's no point in going on any further. Again, at the risk of just going over every thought.
And uh, that's kind of all I have. That was a good pod. Short, sweet, to the point. Um, I'm sorry I've been neglecting you. I really am. But we're about to ramp up with all the movies. You know, I'm excited for Creed 3. I'm excited for Cocaine Bear. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming up, and uh, maybe I'll even put out some uh, content around Megan. Um, there's another movie that just came out on VOD that I wanted to watch. I can't remember what it was, but uh, but anyway, there's more stuff coming. And now that I have this new job, I'm gonna definitely have to make sure I schedule and prioritize this podcast. Uh, but maybe I'll have um, some more funding for it, so we'll get. Uh, more stuff for the upcoming studio and things like that so it'll be good but anyway guys thank you so much follow me on instagram at rewatch ryan and letterbox.com slash rewatch ryan oh and both i almost forgot guys if you haven't seen one of these before this is a movie palette movie palette's awesome and here's why this is the movie fight club on a canvas so they elongated every frame from that movie from beginning to end and make it into incredible canvas artwork. So I got Fight Club, obviously, because it's arguably my favorite movie. It's at least the reason why I'm here talking to you today, my love of movies. Uh, I got this movie, but I also liked it because it was kind of like, it wasn't all over the place in terms of its color scheme. And I kind of like the idea of it also just being like something decorative while also be a conversation starter. So somebody might not know, actually nobody's going to know that this is the movie Fight Club unless they see that it's written right there. But um, it's something cool and it's got a nice aesthetic to it, whether you know it's Fight Club or not. But it's also a conversation piece if somebody asks what it is or you can let them know, hey, this is actually the movie Fight Club. And you can go to Movie Palette and get your own one of these, find your favorite movie, I can give you a discount. Put in the promo code at checkout. Go to moviepalette.com, pick your favorite movie palette, order it. I can get you 15% off. Just use the promo code REWATCH15. REWATCH, the numbers 1 and 5, for 15% off of Movie Palette. These are sick. I still haven't hung this up because I'm waiting for the studio, but it's right here. Yeah. And you can get different sizes, too. So anyway, go to moviepalette.com, go shopping, rewatch one five. I got my first, um, just to be transparent, because I like to be transparent, I got my first um, check from them last month, and it was incredibly helpful to me. So I appreciate um, your all's support on this channel. You can also find this QR code here and get a 30-day free trial of Audible and support me that way as well. And um, I appreciate you. Letterbox.com slash Rewatch Ryan. Instagram at Rewatch Ryan. That's it for Watch Diary. I will see you soon. Thank you so much. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus